0: Who would have believed that on March 26th in central Alabama, it would be 26 degrees?
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. Now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of March the twenty seventh, two thousand fourteen. I suppose you can call this another one of those events that we call unprecedented. They're actually not unprecedented. It's gone down this cold uh, at in late March before, but, but it's it is not, unusual. It's
0: unusual. That that was the point. And um, I guess after the mild winter we had last year, last season. I thought, well, surely, you know, and then of course we got clobbered during the winter time here. But I thought, well, now that it's spring, surely we will actually have spring.
1: And we have, and we have. And then we've had winter.
0: We've had spring, and then winter, and spring, and then winter. So, and
1: frankly, that's part of the problem here, which we'll describe um, as we react to what has happened as a result of this freeze event. If it would just stay cold, we'd be fine. But what happens is, as I'm sure that you have experienced as well, it gets warm, the vegetables and fruits start thinking it's springtime, they, get, they start budding and blooming and so forth, and then they get clobbered. So, well, we thought we would take through all of the key crops and hit a sort of a high point on each one as to how they've survived this event. Uh, first, just a little raw data. It was below freezing here in central Alabama from about 11 p.m. on March the 25th until about 8 a.m. on March the 26th. So that was about nine hours of below freezing temperatures. It did reach a low of 26 degrees about 530 and stayed there for 530 a.m. and stayed there for about an hour. So that's sort of where we were. It um, it was a pretty nasty night.
0: So let's talk about what I've observed in the vegetable garden, which uh, my strawberries are planted in the vegetable garden as well, so even though technically it's a fruit. Um, there's not a lot that had blooms per se. In fact, I had some collard, cabbage collard, that was actually bolting out there. Um, and prolonged cold weather doesn't seem to have stopped that, so I'm about to pull those babies but the regular collards look fine. Um, the you know I had some carrots growing, garlic, onions, um, leeks, and the spring peas all seemed to be just fine. The strawberries, we thought maybe the blossoms would get knocked back. From what I can tell, I went out there and looked yesterday afternoon after it had warmed up. Uh, They still seem to have plenty of blossoms.
1: And I have the same impression. A mea culpa, yes, we should have covered the strawberries. We didn't. We're bad people. We apologize to you. We apologize to the strawberries. But we seem to have gotten away with it.
0: And that included, this is what amazed me, I had some um, strawberries in pots that I had reclaimed from, as we talked about on an earlier podcast, having to transplant the strawberries in preparation for the redo of the raised beds. And I just left those pots sitting out on Veg Hill in the open. And they seemed fine. So it's just amazing to me, really. Dave
1: Gray's theory, my brother Dave's theory, is that the strawberries are so close to the ground, and it was a sunny day before Mm -hmm. this event. He believes the warmth of the earth helps plants like strawberries because they are continually fed that warmth during the night, and it keeps the the temperature right at the strawberry warmer than it would be for, say, some of the fruit trees. Right.
0: That makes a great deal of sense. I'm just grateful that they, they did that. I also had several plants in pots out on the, um, just, I did put them under cover, but they were, it was still open air, including um, some lettuce and some spinach that needs to go in the ground. It's fine. I expected it to be, as yeah. well as a few more strawberry plants and some some ornamentals. So, um, on that front, we were fine.
1: Okay. So now let's move to the fruit, where the results are considerably more mixed. The pears, you and I have a difference of perception, and it's really it's not that we disagree. It's just you've noticed one set of facts or or data, and I've noticed another. But I'm a little more uh, concerned about the damage on the pears than you. Okay. You were saying you it looked to you like the blossoms were largely intact. I'm seeing evidence of what I think looks like damage, uh, but suffice it to say we still have a good many healthy hey, pear blossoms. you're the
0: and, yeah, you're the fruit expert, so I, I will trust you. I gave it a very cursory look as yeah. I walked down to feed the fish yesterday.
1: Plums seem to have come through just fine uh to the extent they were okay to begin with. As I told you yesterday, I believe we have a dead Ozark premier plum tree. And I don't know what killed it. It was in good shape. It was looking nice and vital and was growing well. And then this year, it just hasn't budded. It's just like it didn't like what happened over the winter. Um,
0: But the other Ozark Premier plum was fine, right?
1: And the Methley's fine, and the two Bruce's are fine, and the AU Rubrum's fine. But that Ozark Premier just hasn't come back from the winter. I don't have an explanation for it. The apples were not far enough along to have been damaged in any way as I can see. They've all been, you know, their buds are nice and tight, and if it's a nice tight bud, you got to get down in the low 20s or maybe below before they really get damaged and they seem to be okay. Oh, uh, let's see. Muscadines, what about Muscadines? Those? This year, I've been interested to see that my muscadines are beginning to bloom, beginning to bud, a little sooner than I remember muscadines budding. You know, normally muscadines are among the very last thing to bud, and it's go- it helps them. You know, they, right. they 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 stay invulnerable to the cold,
0: and they're later crops anyway. So. Yeah,
1: and I've got some muscadines that haven't budded yet but i've got a good many that had already begun to bud fortunately nothing you know really opened up and flowering so i think they're fine but it is curious to me that after such a wicked winter that we've had the muscadines seem to be budding a little earlier mm-hmm. than i expected a little earlier than previous years um, had been. It, and, is, and maybe the solution there, or maybe the, the explanation is they're getting more mature.
0: That could be, yes. You know, the,
1: uh, an immature tree doesn't bud as soon in the year as a mature tree. So maybe that's what's happening.
0: Did you notice that it was just certain cultivars that did that?
1: No. It's like one Granny Smith or, or Granny Val will be budding and another won't, and one Black Beauty is budding and another is not. Is it location? I, no. There's okay. no, I, I'm not able to describe any pattern for you yet as to what it is and is not. Except, you know what? The, the bigger vines, the larger muscadines are the ones that are budding. So that that um, reinforces our guess that it's really a, it's question, a maturity of question of the maturity of the, of right. the organism. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you help, for helping me solve that. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> My pleasure.
1: Uh, blueberries are uh, really not good news. We've got considerable damage to the blueberry blossoms. Now, blueberries were already in blossom mode, and you can tell that they have begun to shrivel, and they're getting that sort of burned-up look, uh, dried-out look. Um, not total kill by any means, but we I would should say have some, we significant damage to the blueberries from that freeze event, um, including some tight buds, things that the flower had formed but not opened up. We've got brown spots mm-hmm. on not yet open blossoms, and uh, that's never good news. So,
0: Did we have some blueberries that had not yet begun to Produce any bu- buds or blooms that are...
1: No, all the healthy blueberries were hmm. at least budding. Um, but a, a lot of them were tight, and they haven't been damaged, I don't think. We
0: may have some blueberries. Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> confident
1: we will have some blueberries. You know, they uh, Dave Gray was kind enough to send me some information about freeze thresholds. And when they do research on this sort of thing, they talk about 10% kill, 95% kill. Right. Um, uh, no damage, I would say these are probably somewhere between 10 and 95. You know, there there is some significant damage, but it's certainly not a complete kill. So we'll still have blueberries. Okay, that's good. Now, let's get to those strawberries, which are fascinating. They, um, well, we've really already talked about uh, they, about But they are fascinating.
0: And this year is even a little more experimental than usual because of the fact that, I'm taking daughter plants that I took out of a uh, bed mixed in with the dead mother plants. And they, it actually looks a lot better since I planted them. But but they aren't, you know, we talked about how during the wintertime, they, they were in the bed very tightly interwoven with the dead plant material that probably it protected them. And it certainly helped to, you know, keep weeds down, uh, it, which during a warm spring, snap can can crop up but um the uh when i transplanted them they're smaller i mean they're not close in with other plants the way they were in that other bed so i did fear that that would be um, a little make them more vulnerable to the frost but they and I did,
1: bet it did make them somewhat more vulnerable but, but apparently not vulnerable enough for them to be damaged
0: plus I haven't mulched them yet I need to so see there I mean well, I've, done bad person, I've done everything I've done everything wrong but they seem to be okay <laughs> yeah
1: I, I think they are okay uh, the figs various stages of budding and as we've talked before I think We have a couple of figs, notably the tiger and um, maybe the brown turkey, that will probably have died back to the ground this year because of the severe winter. Uh, So obviously this freeze event didn't have any impact on them. But we did have several figs that had already begun to bloom, or already begun to bud, and had green um, growth. And actually the... um, LSU Gold had little figs. Oh. When I went out and looked at it, it doesn't appear that they're damaged, but I want to keep an eye on them in the next few Mm -hmm. days and see if damage manifests itself later. Uh, Right now, they seem to have come through it okay.
0: So we shall see.
1: Yeah. So uh, I thought we might finish up but just, just by talking about whether an event like this is an unmitigated disaster or is it maybe not altogether bad? And I guess my thinking is uh, one of the most pervasive problems with raising fruit is having too many fruits on a tree or and, and, to having, to do, and right. having to thin them. What we may be getting from a freeze event like this is some natural thinning.
0: That'll be an interesting perspective on it. Yes, it really would be.
1: And the question that I had for Dave Gray when we were talking yesterday is, well, yeah, if I get thinning of the fruit but the foliage is not thinned, then it's probably a fairly decent event. But if I get thinning of both the fruit and the foliage, then i'm just i've just got a weaker organism so I, yeah. um that that's something that we'll have to watch during the growing but season but do we have come. reason
0: to believe that the foliage would suffer in a 26 degree you know when it spends an hour or so being 26 degrees
1: good question i'm guessing no i'm guessing the foliage that's out would be okay
0: well that foliage on that was at the warren pear that had completely that budded a long time ago and the last freeze killed that one boy the leaves on that are just going strong that foliage foliage not seem
1: harmed at all does right, it right
0: right so it'll be interesting to see well i think another thing that might not be altogether bad was the factoid that you read in the alabama ipm newsletter um integrated pest management out of auburn and um Why don't you summarize what you found out about the kudzu bug?
1: Kudzu bugs, uh, it sounds like, oh, kudzu bugs must be a good thing because they eat kudzu. And they do, but they eat so many other things, including uh, last year our peas.
0: But beans. Was it beans? Beans Beans and peas. But they really attacked my pole beans. They're awful.
1: Um, This is a new, relatively new pest here in Alabama. And... Uh, what I was reading in the IPM newsletter is that the winter has been um, effective in killing off a good bit of the kudzu bug population, not because of any particular night when it got cold, but rather because of the persistence of the winter. And sort of the same reason it kills blueberry blossoms. The kudzu bugs weathered the first big freeze event, then it got warm, and they uh, propagated, and they were, hatched yeah. their eggs and came out. And then, wham, got hit by another freeze event. And I think that happened not just twice, but three times. So uh, each time, it's it's had a little more of a killing effect on the kudzu bugs. So the speculation, at least, is that this growing season, we will not be quite so troubled by kudzu bugs as we have in the past. That would
0: be a good thing because they came to us in large numbers last year. And I, I think I talked about it on one of the podcasts. And I had actually already seen a kudzu bug about three weeks ago. Um, Adrian drove her car back from the lake, and somehow a kudzu bug was in there. Or, some, or maybe it just. Hitched
1: a ride. Hitched huh? a
0: ride. And I thought, oh no, we've already got kudzu bugs out and because it was one of those warmer weekends. Well,. Yeah as you said since then we've had several freeze events so maybe they won't come back maybe. as much
1: uh in terms of where we are with where we think we are in the season we hope and expect we've had the last significant freeze i mean we may get a little light frost one more time but uh, our average end of the season frost is march 31 and w- there certainly is nothing on our 10 day that would indicate that we're going to go back below freezing so well um, we're hopeful
0: that's good because um on april 4th i plan to go to the auburn plant sale and buy a whole lot of plants (laughs) um so i hope they'll be okay
1: and my task is to work to get the beds ready so that when you bring those plants back your 16 raised beds will be ready for them yeah i'm i'm hopeful that we will be Mm -hmm. able to do that with tom's help and Mm -hmm. Uh, focusing on getting those beds finished up. So that's where we are. And
0: one last um, addendum that I'm planning to do today, I I was waiting until the freeze was over for this, to plant potatoes. Um, I've cut them up and I have them ready to stick in the ground today, but I had read that, you know, it's really better if they don't freeze when they're put in the ground. They can rot. So, um, and I know that typically they're planted in mid-March or so, but um, now that I've waited this long, I'm kind of glad I have, because hopefully they'll have a chance to get,
1: yeah, get I, going. I think they would have been fine had you planted them earlier, because even though the air temp was at 26, I don't think it got below freezing, you know, and two the, inches down. Right,
0: but anyway, it is what it is, and we'll, and we'll have a report on the potatoes as we go along.
1: And I guess a quick report on the raised bed do-over. We're Uh, beds one through eight now are completed they're filled with soil they're dripped they're fully functional Uh, beds nine through 12 are placed and level and ready to be um, ready for hardware cloth to be applied and the soil to be added and 13 through 16 are still not ready they're still uh, stacked over in the corner of Veg hill
0: but we're making progress
1: but we are definitely making progress so that's our report. Hope you're having a good winter moving into spring here, and we look forward to visiting with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.